You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. I invite you to open your Bibles and turn to Colossians chapter 1. We'll read the verses 15 through 23 and take our text this morning, particularly from the verses 21 through 23. He is the image of the invisible God, that is, Jesus Christ, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, what riches we have in Jesus Christ. How rich we are. What incredible, splendid, glorious, and overwhelming riches are ours in Jesus Christ. Just consider the riches that we have in His person, in Who he is. He is the image of the invisible God. We read in Colossians 1 verse 15. In Jesus Christ, all the fullness of God dwells. The image of the invisible God. He who came into our flesh to become our brother. Like us in every respect, yet without sin. Fully God, but yet at the same time, fully the eternal, almighty God. He's the mediator of creation. The one through whom all things in this universe were made. Things visible and invisible. As God made the light and created the cosmos and created life, Jesus Christ, the Word of God, was there and He was powerful and active and sovereign. Over it all. And not only active in creation, but through him, all things in this world continued to hold together. He is the purpose and the meaning and the source of all that is. While creating all things and holding all things together by the power of his might, his particular focus is the church. Upon the church does his, his power come together. 
His body. As He renews creation through the church. As He fulfills the eternal plan of God the Father through the church. As He makes peace through His atoning sacrifice. This is Jesus Christ. This is our great God and Savior. And we know Him as our, as our great God and Savior. Not only is the pre, is He the preeminent one in the entire universe, He is our Lord and Savior. And so, brothers and sisters, the riches that we have, not just in His person, but in His work, in what He's done for us, that the shed, that the blood shed on the cross was the payment for our sins. That Christ's blood was shed in place of our own. A life for a life. Because the reality is, as verse 21 says, we were alienated from and enemies against God. So this is the riches that are ours in Jesus Christ. Through Him we have lasting and eternal peace. Not enmity. No longer enemies, but peace with the Almighty God. And through Christ, we can be declared holy. Once His blood has paid for your sins, they are indeed paid for. No longer held against you. No longer stuck to you, but washed away in His death on the cross. And when your sin has been paid for, then Satan, the great accuser, has nothing to say against you. Though he will try to press his claim against you. Tell you that you are unworthy. Tell you, or drudge up your past and and drive you into further sin or despair. No accusation that he makes against you can stick. It will fall away, powerless and worthless. Because God the Father declares all those who have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ to be innocent of their sin. This is what Jesus Christ has accomplished. And this, dear brothers and sisters, is what you must believe. Yes, you must believe it. All this work is accomplished. He is who He is and He does not change. He has done what He has done and it cannot be changed. But we must believe it. The riches of the person and work of Jesus Christ are riches, are your riches through faith in Jesus Christ and only through faith. The reality of this is the same reality that we see in the Lord's Supper. You see, historically, there are three different views on what happens in the Lord's Supper. The Roman Catholic view is that simply by going through the activity of of eating the bread and drinking the wine, or in their case, having the priest drink the wine on your behalf, that simply going through the process that we are strengthened in God's grace and that we become richer in the riches of Jesus Christ simply by the action. The other side is the, the Zwinglian view, the view that was promoted by Zwingli in the time of the Reformation, the view that is held, in fact, by most, quote-unquote, evangelical churches today. 
That what we do in the Lord's Supper is to simply eat and drink in obedience to Jesus Christ and, and remember His death in the sense that so we don't forget. So, nothing really happens in the Lord's Supper, but it's given to us so that we don't forget about what has happened so long ago. The view of John Calvin, which became the Reformed view, is like the Roman Catholic view in that it says we are actually strengthened in God's grace and we do actually become richer in the riches that we have through Jesus Christ and that he's obtained for us. But we don't gain these riches simply by going through the process of eating the bread and drinking the wine, but we gain these by faith. We gain them by faith. We become stronger and richer by faith. As you eat and you drink, you have to believe. When you believe, you look not to the bread and to the wine, but you look to what Jesus Christ accomplished through His body broken on the cross and through His blood shed on the cross. Then the Holy Spirit reminds you, assures you, draws you into closer communion with Christ's love and God's forgiveness. You leave the table richer than when you came. Dear brothers and sisters, what our text from Colossians communicates to us is that as in the Lord's Supper, so in all of life, Let us continue in our faith, established and firm, not move from the hope held out in the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ is full of hope and joy. His work opens up the reality of forgiveness and adoption. Through his death, we are accounted righteous before God and made heirs of eternal life. And so we must continue in faith. You who are mourning, who are troubled by the death of the young Bentley Jack Rolleman, must continue in faith to grasp the riches that you have, that he shared in, in Jesus Christ. As you face poor health and declining age, you must believe in God's provision for the future. As you struggle against temptation, you must entrust yourself fully and entirely to the powerful and effective sacrifice of Jesus Christ. As you work through the brokenness in this life, the brokenness in your marriage relationship, the brokenness in your family relationships, you must cling to the one who makes peace through his blood. In all of your poverty, brothers and sisters, in all of your poverty, in all of your need, in all of your want, look to the riches that are yours through Jesus Christ. Because through faith, all that Jesus Christ is, has done, continues to do, are yours. They belong to you in Jesus Christ. Amen.
This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.